Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. This is You Can Tell Me Anything. You guys know what you're listening to. Um, before we get into this week's episode, uh, it's been a minute since I've asked you guys to subscribe, rate, and review. So here I go. Okay, so thank you to everyone who's already reviewed the podcast on Apple. Um, if you haven't yet, it would be so awesome if you could take a few minutes, go give it a five-star rating write a nice little review. If you want to screenshot your review and send it to me, I um, will continue doing what I did in season one, which is send you a private confession. You can send it to me publicly on Twitter at Larissa T or on Instagram at Teresa Lee Bot or on the podcast directly at Tell Me Anything Pod um, on Instagram as well. You guys know how to find it. I love all your positive reviews and hearing from you. As always, I am lurking the Discord. It's a small but mighty group, so if you guys ever want to chat or hang out or DM me, feel free. Um, love getting to know the confidants. Um, and okay, so this is a new thing I'm kind of starting to do. I've done some replay episodes in the past, but this time I'm this season, we are going to be, because we're in season five and we have some great past guests from season one, two, three, you know, early, early days, and a lot of new listeners. I'll be featuring some, I call them throwbacks, you know, iconic confessions from yonder years, and uh, this week's episode is a replay, um, but I will be giving a little bit of commentary about about it in the beginning, and then just let you listen to the episode. Uh, So, Before I tell you who our guest is, uh, I do want to announce that my campaign for my short film has been extended for another week. I say has been extended because I asked for an extension. Sometimes, you know, you need more time to finish an assignment, and that's what I did. So if you haven't donated yet or shared it or followed it and you want to, you can follow it for free. It actually helps me a lot. Um, I thought if I reached 100 followers, I'd get perks, but actually I double-checked. 250 and it's free to follow you don't have to donate to follow the campaign seedandspark.com slash fund slash get loved short and of course if you do have the finances and means to donate i would really appreciate it i'm trying to finish raising funding to finish my short film and our first deadline's coming up very soon uh, i believe we can do it so thanks to everyone who's already supported it I will be in New York for another week, so feel free to check out my shows, TeresaLeeComedy.com slash shows. By the time this pod comes out, um, I believe I have a few more shows uh, left. Definitely October 6th, I'll be at the Q. Dave Mazzoni hosts the Juicy Show, and then after that at 10 p.m. I'll be at Asylum for the North Coast Comedy Festival. Um, But check my website and Instagram for updated lineups and all that. I hope to see you, and if you do come to the show, let me know if you're confident. I love meeting y'all. I'm happy to chat, you know, grab a coffee, ice cream, whatever, um, take a photo, you know, it's exciting to meet y'all. Um, that's all for the announcements, so let's get into this week's replay, or as I'm trying to make a thing, Iconic Confessions. This week's Iconic Confession is Carmen Angelica, um, you know, we go way back from working together at Cracks, my, one of my first full-time jobs at and. NYU, oh my god, at, in Los Angeles, um, some of my best friends I've met there and still keep in touch with, as you mostly all know, and Carmen and I talked on this pod, this was the eighth episode of the entire show, so we've, we're over 100 episodes in, so I really wanted to pick something from the first 10, and um, I just really loved this conversation, because 
you know, both of us listening to it, like I know Carmen so much better now, but it's so interesting to hear how we were at this different part in our lives. I think in the beginning of this episode, I tell her about how I just got my ADHD diagnosis and how, you know, I was going to hopefully start treatment. So it was really interesting to hear all that because, you know, you don't always think about time passing, but I listened to that. And since then I've gotten treatment, I'm on, I'm currently working on it. And, you know, I've really seen some life-changing differences and really encourage people who are thinking about getting help for anything they're dealing with. You know, I don't even want to say suffering because I don't think my, I wouldn't say my entire like 28 years of life or whatever this pod came out, that this episode came out in 2018. Yeah, I think I was 28. I wouldn't say all that was suffering, but I think if you're, you know, hesitant about getting help for anything, I understand because the medical system is not great in making you feel safe. But I would encourage you to like talk to people who you trust, check out resources, you know, do your research. Like you don't have to go to a doctor you don't trust. First, you can read some books, you know, go listen to talks. You know, there's a lot of great professors out there who specialize in research and innovation in the medical field who aren't practicing. I love hearing what they have to say because sometimes they're more plugged in than practitioners, unfortunately. So I encourage you guys to get the help you need because I really have just seen so much improvement since like this was three years ago and I had just gotten the diagnosis. Um, Again, I should mention that this episode was recorded pre-pandemic. Okay, so a lot was different back then. Um, since we just came up on the 20-year anniversary of 9-11, I thought the moment uh, Carmen talks about thinking that she caused 9-11 with her mind was just really poignant because, I mean, it really speaks to the anxiety that she felt at such a young age, but also just being able to talk about it, how ridiculous it is. But at the same time, you know, I think a lot of empathetic people, which I think Carmen is, pick up on just suffering in the world and want to feel able to help or control it you know so I think that manifested as a child for her and feeling responsible for the world's tragedies Um, obviously that's very difficult existence as a child but I think as an adult comedian it's you know fodder for material so uh, this talking with her about this really helped me kind of shift my perspective and see that Sometimes we feel we are responsible for everything around us, but really we're just responsible for us. And what you do, your actions, your behavior can actually go a long way and change a lot. So don't, you know, underestimate the power of just taking care of yourself and making sure that your needs are met and that the people around you feel safe and that you are adding positive, I didn't want to say vibes, but I don't know what else to say, just just positive, like, you know, value to your own life, because I think that really ripples a long way. Um, yeah, okay, I am excited for you to listen to this episode, really, really enjoyed it, I think it's just like a fun early, early episode of this pod, a lot has changed, you know, in my life since then, but I think in some ways, me and Carmen are still very much like that same child, you know, that we talk about, so I hope you enjoy, um, and that's it, bye. You can tell her, you can tell her anything, she's a real good listener, you can tell her anything. Hey guys, this is Teresa Lee and you're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where I invite guests to tell me something they've never told anyone before. 
So it could be anything. It doesn't have to be bad, uh, but usually just a secret. And we all like secrets. And <laughs> here with me today is a good friend, very funny writer, Carmen Angelica. Hello. Hey, what's up? I don't know why I always announce um, the guests like I'm on stage. I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like I'm hoping that somebody is going to be listening to the podcast and then just be like, oh, hi, like clap, clap, clap. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I, did, I, I think it's just a weird habit. Maybe it means I'm hosting too much. I got to stop hosting shows. I mean, is it wrong? Is it wrong to like hype <laughs> up the person you're about to? Is it so wrong? Is it so wrong, world? I don't know. You're right. I try to hype up my friends a little. It is good to hype people up. <laughs> also, one development um, that I've recently discovered about myself, um, and you I don't know if you have any experience with this, but I just recently found out I have ADHD, like officially. I kind of suspected it for a while, but my, um, my sister, I have a twin, she has it, and I've been trying to like get it diagnosed, but in classic ADHD formation, it has been very hard to schedule or do anything. Yeah. For, for like over a year. And I finally went to a psychiatrist and she said, I'd be very surprised if you don't have it. And as an adult, you have to um, do this other test, like where they hook your brain up to stuff. Oh, wow. Really? Like, yeah. There's like a three month wait period. At least at my insurance, there's a three month wait period. It's pretty hard. I asked around at other places and it's pretty hard to schedule one of these. I think because they don't want people to abuse the drugs, maybe. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. I was like, why don't they make it easier to like diagnose that, though? I don't know. It's It was very frustrating. And then they also said, in order to do that, you have to take a drug test because um, drugs will affect your brain waves. And uh, this is the official scientific description, your brain waves. No, I don't know. There's yeah, something, yeah, something else. about your brain. But, it inc- but it includes weed. And I t- uh, had <gasps> a, a medical card for anxiety and for, I think, a lot of the anxiety comes from ADHD. So anyways, I'm only saying that up top because if my ADHD is extremely strong today, that's probably why. Like I, I tend to kind of, I don't know. And I, if it makes you feel better, I'm currently hopped up on, on Dayquil. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, have, oh, I got a cold, so I'm a tell. little loopy. I am a tiny bit. Just You like, look great. Thank you. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that you're sick. No, it's, I, I'm, you know, I don't, I've, Congrats on the finding out ADHD. I know. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I I've think been it's announcing good to be diagnosed, it, like, right? Exciting. I think, yeah. I think it is only because I'm like, oh, maybe one step closer to figuring out, like, how to be, become a not weird, broken person. I don't know. Not. Uh. <laughs> I don't mean I'm broken, but I think of myself as like hardware, and I'm like, oh, that that came. Uh, there was a malfunction there. Let me fix it up. Let yeah. me do this. So. I think it's never bad to know yourself just a little bit better. That's true. Okay, so I like to start every podcast with a good confession from my guests so my mm-hmm. audience can get to know you. And because confessions don't have to be bad or scary. So it's just, just like a quick, short thing. But do you have anything good you'd like to confess? Hmm. Um, okay. <clears throat> I guess my good confession. Uh, I, uh, I'm i going to do a good confession that is not involved in uh, the industry. Because I feel yeah. like that's so easy to like put your whole self-worth on like how you're doing professionally. Mm-hmm. So I am going to do mine is uh, I have recently figured out how to make uh, the perfect scrambled eggs. Whoa. And it's become great. an obsession of mine. Like it's I need to like I've been I'm switching. I got to switch up my breakfast routine because I've just been like doing that like Gordon <laughs> Ramsay like like 20 minute scrambled egg thing for a while. And it's um, incredible. I'm wow. like really proud of myself. What makes it different than regular scrambled eggs? Um, It's like. Well, there's this rule, these rules of like how you make it. And so you have to whisk it like you can't use a fork and you can't add salt or pepper or anything to it. You have to whisk it for like a good long while. And then you put it in a pan and you either use either olive oil or butter 
and then you have to heat it on very low heat and like put the eggs in and constantly be like moving it and I do it with a spatula but you can do it with a whisk and then you like constantly move it until uh it starts to cook and then you have to take it off the heat and wow. keep moving it and then she's it cools demonstrating down. in the studio yeah. how to do this you can I just want her I just want <laughs> Teresa to know I, I you guys I can imagine it but like or watch the Gordon Ramsay video um well send us your address well Carmen <laughs> will send you a box of perfect scrambled eggs um, so you can try it eat it while you're listening to this podcast yes you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those subscription boxes yeah. but you just get perfect scrambled eggs every day oh it's so good it's I've never like I never realized that Scrambled eggs could be so fluffy. They sound great. They're really nice. Are you a perfectionist? Um, I I can be about certain things, and then uh, my patience is like gone with other things. Like mm-hmm. I'll just be like, I don't, I don't care. Let's just get it done with like a lot of things. But then, um, but the idea of because it sounds like you were so excited about having this way to make a perfect uh, recipe. Do you feel like it's like very? Do you get a lot of satisfaction when you've like sort of like figured out the perfect way to do something you know oh yeah like stick to routines oh yes I like yes I am very into like algorithms and routines Uh and anything that can like get me to from point a to perfection (laughs) what do you are you the type of person who goes to restaurants and always orders the same thing once you found the perfect menu item or do you like to switch it up i i do a lot of like the same thing which is like me a, too right it's, yeah. and it's a family thing too my oh, whole yeah? family do, we even have like a joke where like if we travel a lot of times we'll end up going back to the same restaurant if we like it oh okay. because we just liked it so much that's nice but it, well, it, sometimes there's like a memory tied to yeah a place that you've eaten at true very true. I think my mom's like that. Like she'll be, she'll be like, we have to go back to that one cafe we went to that one time just because there was a nice memory there. I'm like, there's other cafes, but, <laughs> but you just, you know, you're like, yeah. yes, I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm like that too, and I used to get shit for it because it's like, I mean, I, I'll like, and I get the most boring ones. It's not even like I've picked a really exciting menu item. Like I get pad thai <laughs> at Thai places. I get like Caesar salad. Like I oh, used to get um fettuccine alfredo. Just like the most like bl- bland, not bland, but like vanilla sort of menu items and I pick I mean they're popular for a reason I think um but yeah I I'm very much like that and I don't know I think for me it's just like well I know that works so I'll just follow that blueprint yeah and I don't have diminishing returns but I guess some people do yeah I and I know like oh we should explore we should try the different things yeah and sometimes I'll be like I gotta do it but then when I'm disappointed I'm like why didn't I just get my order right and then you're upset and you're like oh trying new things sucks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not worth it not worth yeah, it don't try new things kids no well try new things but also once you find one you like just keep doing that yeah I have, maybe I also have I'm uh, this sounds like I have an obsessive personality which could be true I do that with music like do you listen to the same song over and over oh yeah if I find a song that I like I'll listen to it on repeat and then I'll be done yeah I literally I was I was just on tour and I literally listened to the call me by your name song for like on repeat while I was on a 17 hour bus for pretty much the entire time oh my god <laughs> it was kind of just soothing at a certain point yeah but it doesn't bug me I'm just like I like the song so I'll keep listening to it yeah because I know I like it <laughs> and then I don't have to think about finding other music I like yeah same I I, I feel like we have a either, whatever this is this like a uh, need for repetition and uh yeah. perfection I will say there's something very exciting to me about finding something you like uh, for the first time. So uh, that's why I don't think it's a problem because I'm I'm not like a hermit and I (laughs) do make new friends. Yes. And meet uh, and try new things like that movie came out recently and I watched it and I was like, oh, 
ooh, I love this. And so I, I know I can still have that feeling of like discovery. It's yeah. just that I don't go seeking it all the time. No, I, I, I don't. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's like not it's not a, I don't think it's a problem. It's not it's not a problem because it's not stopping me. Right. But like it's definitely a thing I see myself do is like get when I need to feel comfy, I'll, I'll like do something on repeat. Do you have a routine for if you're having a bad day, like things that you always do or eat or watch that make you feel happy? Oh, man. Um, well, I definitely do things that make me like comfy in like the sense of well, like one thing for a while. I mean, this was just a thing that my roommate and I would do for each other is like when we'd be when we'd have a bad day mm-hmm. and we'd text each other and be like, my going bad day, you know, <laughs> the, uh, then the other person would get baguettes and brie, like baguettes and brie. And then we would both have like baguettes and brie as like a treat, that's so as nice. like a bad day treat. So yeah. that's like a repetitive thing that we did. Is your roommate your confidant? Um, you tell most things too. She, uh, she hears a lot of my bullshit because she lives with me. Um, and I, I wish I could be one of those uh, roommates. I feel like sometimes I'm worried I'm like a kind of annoying, but I wish I could be one of those roommates who like is like able to be private in their own home. But like when I'm home, a lot of times I'm just like, I had a bad day. <laughs> but like that's talk good. I don't think being, you should be open in your home. I hate like in New York, it, uh, so many people just live with, roommates they never talk to you and then they go into the room and don't hang out in the living room and I hear people say their roommates are like that and I don't like that I feel like I want to be able to like stomp around not stomp yeah. okay but not, yeah I get that around. I want to stomp uh, <laughs> I want to be able to just like feel at home in my living room and space and be like hello how are you doing today and, yeah and just trust that if they don't want to talk they'll be like hey actually I don't really want to talk right now and not ever feel like I'm imposed like just f- I want to feel like comfortable yeah I'm I'm yeah I'm the same way yeah so that's good yeah okay good because yeah I'm always like oh man I hope I'm not like because I'll just be like I had a bad day and this happened and then this happened and then this happened and she's like okay (laughs) sometimes you want to be open with everyone like I'll tell like my life story to anyone who asks but the hard thing is getting people caught up sometimes so sometimes you know if you haven't seen a friend for a while they'll be like what's new what's up and then instead of being like well let me give you a little biography (laughs) you just just say good right but so it's nice to have a couple friends that I feel like know because there's ongoing I don't know if you have like ongoing sagas in your life like you know whether it's dating or career or whatever but you'll be like oh here's the update with this it's almost like they took out the bookmark from where you left (laughs) off and you update them yeah so it's nice to have friends who've been caught up um in certain aspects of your life yeah uh I totally agree Mm because it can be tough when you're like when when somebody's like really feel you like I have some friends I'm sure you have this in New York yeah who like I don't really get to see as often and mm-hmm. we don't we stand like we love we, like if I see them you know it's like we never left uh yeah. or I, like I never left but um but I'll have like a hard time sometimes like they'll be like how's it going and I'll be like okay and then I have to like fill them <laughs> in on <laughs> I have like this yeah like I all made my a notes. montage video <laughs> <laughs> I made a season recap <laughs> it's like 50 it's like the 51st dates thing movie oh, except yeah. at the end where you just like rejog their me- like yeah so that we should do that. Make season recaps <clears throat> for our lives. Oh. A lot of people probably do Christmas cards, but like real personal <laughs> ones, like for different tiers of your friends. Because you, yes. you can't tell everybody everything because people don't want to know. Not because I don't want to be open. Sometimes <laughs> people don't want to know everything about you. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah, but you can have tiers. You can be like, well, if you want to know everything about me, here's a little one minute recap of everything that happened. Yeah. And like they're the people who you're like, I'm not willing to be that open with you, but I'll fill you in on some, you know. So just imagine like breaking up with someone and being like, hold on, uh, I gotta record this to put in my recap. <laughs> that's 
great. I made this mistake the other day because I, I was traveling and I came back and I feel like when you leave LA and come back, you get excited to see people. But in LA, I, I don't know if you have this experience, but my experience in LA is that you don't see people for a long time anyways, even if you live here. And so I made the mistake of someone who just, uh, I was at a comedy show and someone was just like, oh, how's it going? What's new? And I was so excited that I hadn't seen people for so long. I started actually telling him. And then he's just like, I could see his face drop. Like, oh, I don't really want to know. Oh. Like, it was like a, oh, I was just, you're just supposed to say, it's all good. Uh. And I was like, oh, yeah, people don't really want an answer. They just say, everybody acts like they haven't seen you forever. Yeah. But they really just I'm like, hey, how's it going? Oh, my God. Oh, great. Okay, cool. See you later. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Sometimes I'm like, not sure. I, I feel like I've, step that because I'm with you I, yeah. I we're, we're similar in the sense of being like if somebody's like how you doing I'll be like well you know I've been ups and then they're downs and like here's how they've been up and here's how I've been down like and, and people are just so I think definitely I have seen people's face go like oh I just wanted fine like yeah. was there anything you want to tell me right now oh uh, well I guess um actually this harkens back to us talking about our um childhood like be- like belief type things um, I, and I guess it like went into my adulthood. I have a great imagination. We'll start with that. I have a really great imagination. I can vouch for that. We work thank, together. Thank you. Uh, I like your imagination too. Um, <laughs> oh, that's very but, nice. Call. I've never yeah. heard someone say that and I'm going to use that now. Yeah. I like your imagination. I like your imagination. Um, but my, I know that as like a child, I developed like these truly like crazy theories. Uh-huh. Um, and I believed them a hundred percent. Um, so like one that I just remember like really believing for a long time was that I had learned about the idea of like the butterfly effect, mm-hmm. you know, which is for those of you who don't know, um, when a butterfly flaps it w- its wings, like a hurricane happens somewhere else, which means that like a small occurrence will create a, cr- a large occurrence. But what I took from that uh-huh. was that, um, well, what I, what happened is I remember in first grade, I had, like, a great, like, I had met my best friend that year, and I had, like, been doing really well in school, and then uh, a huge um, blizzard hit Minnesota, and I was positive that I was the butterfly that made this blizzard, Um, and it was the idea of, because what, in my, in my, I, like, in my head, I believed, like, okay, well, if a butterfly, like, flaps its wings, it's doing well. It's, like, flying. Yeah. Uh, and that's causing a bad thing to happen in the world because, like, it's flapping so, its wings. So, oh, mm. by existing, it's doing well? Well, yeah. So, like, if, it, if, if I'm the butterfly, and my theory was, like, if I'm the butterfly and I'm doing well, something bad is going to happen <gasps> in the world. But if I'm not doing well, something good will happen in the world because I didn't mess things up. So the... Okay, I kind of follow. I, f- but I'm, but the butterfly flapping its wings being equal to doing well is a stretch because yeah. couldn't it be flying, uh, and and being really sad? I mean, the it's, to me, I was like, okay, if a butterfly's flying, it's obviously happy because it's, it's a butterfly happy, and yeah. it's in the air and it's not falling. Like falling is bad. <laughs> then that's when you're doing poorly. You're falling. Oh, okay. But if you're flying, you're doing great. And so I was like, oh no, if I fly, the like stuff is going to go down in the world. And so I really sincerely believed like anytime I had a success in my life, like I would cause havoc oh in the world somewhere, that <laughs> which is like awful. It was like yeah, and I. I was, like, nervous as a kid because I was, like, I think I'm causing bad things to happen by doing well. And, like, later, I remember I I told, like, 
who did I tell? I told one person and I just remember the reaction being like, that's so narcissistic of you. <laughs> and part of me was like, but I'm not happy about like, I'm not like a narcissist because like it is. Yeah. It's like a child being like, I'm the most important. I create havoc in this world. I'm like right. the You're set. like an X-Men. Yeah. I'm like super powerful. And but as a kid, I was like, oh, my God, I can't be too happy. Oh, my God. Because I will cause havoc in the world if I am. Whoa. Where did, um, were you raised religious? No. Where did this guilt come from? It, it sounds like a lot of guilt, which um, I only asked the religious thing because I think that there's a lot of religions that sort of use guilt as a way to control people. And, you know, like sometimes they'll do what scourges yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, I'm thinking of the Scarlet Letter. I, <laughs> but, you know, just like uh, punishing yourself to preempt any guilt for feeling good. Yeah. Um, no, I, the funny thing is I really wasn't re- raised very religious. Like my, my dad is an atheist and, um, my mom is Jewish and, uh, I was raised like probably with more Judaism in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but like not religious, not really religiously. And, and like both of my parents are very like hippie. Like if anything, I was just raised incredibly hippie. Did your parents ever do like a reward punishment system for, you know, sometimes they'll do like you can get a prize if you're good. Did they do anything like that with you? Um, I mean, like as much as any other, but like punishment wasn't really a huge thing in my house. Like I didn't, I have, I'd never gotten grounded. I, um, I like barely had timeouts as a kid. Uh-huh. Um, my parents were just like very hippie, but like, I will say I had a constant fear of like angering people which i have to this day i think i am so afraid of like angering people and hurting people um because maybe you feel like the effect you have is like you're magnifying the amount of hurt you would cause someone yeah in your mind yeah and you know because like i i think maybe because i was like and i i think i was and probably am like a a very sensitive child (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like i get like uh you like as like a crying and balled up in the corner over there i didn't want to say anything i mean yeah I, you know thank you for noticing um <laughs> <laughs> and like just letting me be uh no yeah i was as a kid i was just you know uh i was like a very tender-hearted little child i would like when people would cry on tv i would like pet the tv as like a like, so as a, like a first year I, yeah it was like Aww. a one-year-old i would be like you know my mom thought it was really cute Aww. but it was just me being like how do we make the crying stop like <laughs> it was like so i think i developed in my head that it, i don't know if it was like a weird warped way of being like i know how to fix the world yeah i just can't be happy wow <laughs> what a trade-off so much guilt for a child how old were you uh when, when it started? started i was in first grade and then Whoa, i carried it young. up until I'd say maybe partly into college. And I just never – at first I, like, verbalized it in my head and then it just became, like, a way of life and I didn't really realize until I went to therapy, it like, like near – in like, during my college years. Yeah. And I, at one point, like, kind of verbalized, like, oh, you know, as a kid I used to, like, I don't know. And the therapist was like, no, no. Like, <laughs> no, let's talk about that. No, no, that's a thing to, like, explore. Yeah, that's so interesting, too, because it's, like, so, so much innate guilt, but it, it didn't sound like – or at least to your knowledge, you're not like attributing it to any specific thing, an influence, right? It's sort of just came from within. Yeah. Did you ever, um, so tell me more about how this like played out. Did this ever, you know, did you ever find yourself like not doing something or like holding back from opportunities that would make you happy because you felt guilty? Like, did this affect the choices you made? Um, yeah, it, it actually, yeah, it super did. I think, well, like there was a period of my life where I like lived abroad and it feel like as my, as my childhood 
as my world expanded, you know, like mm-hmm. as a kid, your world is kind of like very small. Yeah. And then as it expands and you like learn about like war and like other countries and like everything like that suddenly I was like my you know like my reach is larger than ever like I like (laughs) was living abroad with my family for a little while and I learned about war kind of for the first time like seeing it firsthand like just like where did you go abroad I was like living in um the on the island of Cyprus and I lived in uh and we traveled around the Middle East a lot and I you know you see a lot of like there was like a lot of um well at the time nato actually was mm-hmm. it was like 1997 98 um that was like kosovo time it, it was yeah like nato was like bombing and um and i do remember like one of one of my friends uh in the school she was like uh part lebanese and, um or oh, you studied yugoslavian really sorry young. yeah i was pretty i was pretty young, yeah <laughs> and uh and I and I had this philosophy in my life, and so like I was trying. No, she was part uh, Yugoslavian. Sorry, uh-huh. she was part Yugoslavian, and she came up to me one day and was like, uh, "You're bombing my grandma." Oh my god! And I was like, "Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know." And then I like went home and I was like crying, and I was like, "I'm bombing her grandma." And my mom was like, "Okay, well, you have to tell her like sometimes your country does things that maybe like you didn't." you know sign on for so I like went up to her and I was like I did not choose to bomb your grandma (laughs) it was like a very but like in my head I was like my my reach is getting like oh it felt like it was all because of you yeah like you know and I would attribute it to like oh you know I I did well in this like test I like skipped a grade uh and then did you ever connect it specifically to any events like not just general hurricanes, but were you? Did you ever like do well in tests, and then the next day something happened? You're like, oh my god. Well, I was for a while. I thought <laughs> this is terrible, um, and I understand this is a problem. But this is my like childhood mind. When 9/11 happened, I thought it was because I skipped a grade. <laughs> Whoa! And I remember like the teacher was like, they like informed us what was happening. And, like, immediately I said out loud, oh, my God, it's my fault. You're like, I'm going back to fifth grade. Okay, guys. Call off the bombs. It's fine. It's- we can stop this. <laughs> but I really was like, oh, my God, my, my reach is so strong. Wow. It was, like, a very – it was, like, a very warped way of – and, like, you know. And there was no way – it wasn't even, like, a thing. Well, I'm just thinking in Carmen – like, elementary school Carmen's mind, was there ever a moment where we were, like – not that this would be right either, but like a moment you were like, I'm doing well, but I'm going to now do the additional acts of kindness to offset it. Or is there in this belief there is no way to offset the goodwill? I think I would just be like, if something good happened, I'd be like, I have to fail soon. Something has, something oh, bad has to happen for me soon. Or if something bad happened, I'd be like, well, at least. Uh, but there's like a comfort in being like, well, at least something good is happening in the I world. Saved I saved something. Like I did, I did something okay. Um, you know, so. Did you ever make um, exchanges like, oh, I really need, you know, someone to not get sick or I really need this thing to not go poorly. So in exchange, I will purposefully fail this test. Yeah. Like I would truly like there were moments I didn't necessarily believe in God, but I was like, all right, I guess if like if, 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 if this if this doesn't like go as bad as it could, like if stuff was happening in the world, like um I don't remember. I remember there would be deals where I'd be like, I promise, like, I, I won't get, I won't get into the college I want, even though I want to go. Oh I won't God. go. I won't get in if you just like make sure that like the world is okay. Like, I want to go back in time and just comfort little Carmen. I mean, it, it's okay now. Like, I think you know, 
the only thing that's residual from that is like I I try not to get too excited about good things and I try not to get too excited about bad things or like too upset about bad things yeah well that's overall yeah I think as long as that's not getting in the way of your life where you're holding back so much I think generally feeling even keeled and stable is good yeah I, I think that's true I think sometimes people like I have been told like you should feel good when good things happen you should feel good but there's like that little tiny oh, yeah. part of me that's still like I can't feel good I think you should let yourself feel what you feel I think that's <laughs> the truth if you're feeling good and it's authentic feel good I don't think you have to feel bad if you're not as excited about something as everybody else is so if the true emotion is like you aren't that happy about something, you don't have to be like, well, what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? But if yeah. you truly are happy, I don't think you have to hold back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Like, <laughs> like logically, I'm in a logical place now. Like this is, and I don't know where this developed because I remember when I told my mom about, like I, yeah. I op- like opened up about like having these theories and I had many other like weird childhood theories, but this was the one that was like the most prevalent in my life. Um, well, it sounded like it went on for a while. <clears throat> it went on for a while. It like went on like into my early adulthood like definitely went through my teens and like but it became like not a conscious not not definitely not verbalized and not like quite conscious it Uh was just like it was like autopilot like that was how yeah like the guilt was sort of always there yeah like driving you yeah I I don't think I had anything exactly like that but I used to make bargains a lot and I wasn't raised really religious but I went in and out of like sort of like Christian school so enough where the idea of God was there. Like, I definitely didn't go to church or do it uh, all the time, but enough where, like, if I felt that kind of guilt, which I, you know, I think uh, some, it's some very, guilt's normal. Right? It feels like it would yeah. make sense to be religiously affiliated. Well, then I would start making bargains with God, even though I wasn't going to church. And I remember this when, actually, I have this very specific memory of getting on a plane from San Francisco back to New York or to NYU where I was going to school. And I think I was going back right around St. Patrick's Day. And I was feeling a lot of guilt for, like, partying and underage drinking, even though everybody in college yeah. does that. And at the time, mm-hmm. I remember being like, I really want uh, – I think I really wanted something to happen. Maybe, like – all of my problems are so petty. I think it was just, like, a, a crush or something I wanted to like me. Yeah. And I was like, I promise if I uh, – if, if this happens, I won't drink on St. Patrick's Day. And I remember being, like, having this internal argument, like, St. Patrick, can it be another day? <laughs> I was like, well, you said it to me. Like, in my yeah. mind, I was like, you said St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. That means <laughs> you got and it. if you're not going to do that, then it's not a worthy sacrifice. Yeah. And then uh, I remember going back and forth in my head, like, all right, all right, I'll do it. All right, no drinking on St. Patrick's And then at the same time, another voice being like, you're saying that now, but you know you're just going to go back in your words. Like, God damn it. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I am. I need to really commit. And so, like, it'd be this thing. And then finally be like, all right, I won't. I won't drink. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but it kind of when you were saying your thing, it kind of reminded me of that. Just this weird, like, internal, like, um, quid pro quo where yeah. you feel like you have to trade off. Assign, yeah, you have to assign. Like, uh, I don't know if it's a control thing, but it definitely felt like it was like I have control over what happens next, and it's my choice, even though it it was. I mean, it didn't matter if I drank or not. Yeah, could, could something good could happen or not. But yeah, it truly did. It was like a A to A to D like yeah. philosophy. But I totally get it. And I think it happens like we don't really think about like, I guess Lent is not quite that, but it's similar. Yeah. It's giving up a lot of things. Fasting, a lot of religious fastings like that, where it's like the feel. But that also, I can see fasting is also meditative because it's yeah. sort of like you're, while you're doing it, you're reflecting. Yeah. Um, but there's always an undertone of uh, I'm sacrificing something and I feel like I should get points or that sort of yeah. idea, I think. So I, but I, so I guess I made my own religion because I was not raised. Religious. 
I was not raised with religion. I told my mom about it later and she's like, where did this come? Like, where did you get this idea, Carmen? This is this is a problem. Like, you can't believe this. You know, you're hurting yourself. And I would and like or later and I was like, I know. I don't know. I don't. Know. And she's like, where did this come from? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, your imagination is too good. And I would be like, I know my imagination is so good. But uh, yeah, it was truly. I think I was just like I I, I like algorithms I like yeah. and so I would make up these like math. The system has to make sense. Yeah. Well, some of it is trying to make sense of the world around you because the the reality is there are bad things that happen. You know, nine eleven is a tragedy, and there's things like that that are happening. And so maybe it's like child Carmen needing to make sense of it and yeah. needing to feel like it's not random and that there is some control. But instead of just being like, oh, bad person did bad thing equals dead people, it's more like well. <laughs> I am in the center of this. So I can change it. Well, because yeah. there's also some sort of uh, freedom. And I mean, overall, I think it sounds very crippling, but also there's some freedom in being like, well, if you were to fail everything, nobody would die. Yeah. And so maybe it's that. Maybe you'd, yeah. I think it, I think you're 100% right. I think it was like a childhood way of trying to make sense of a world that is arbitrary. Can I ask if there's anything happening in your um, like out life at the time that you didn't feel like you had control over when this first started happening, like a divorce or a friend moving away or something like that? No, no. I I mean, no, it was truly like it, I think it was like the first time I was noticing the world. Like mm -hmm. maybe I don't know. Maybe I, I'm trying to think what happened. It was like first grade. It was around first grade that I remember thinking the first time, like, oh, no, I did this. Um, and I think it was like it was just I connected it with a blizzard because it was like the biggest blizzard Minnesota had ever had in like 100 years or something like that. I'm just imagining like your family gathered around the news watching like the hurricane <laughs> blizzard on like TV. And 1950s then, yeah, black and white like, TV. There's a blizzard. And then, and then like little Carmen like backing up slowly into the shadows <laughs> and then going to your room like head and hands like oh no what did i do oh, no what did i do <laughs> people are like where's carmen yeah. you're just like in the closet like rocking back up like no my mom's like hey we're gonna eat some soup and i'm like i don't want soup like <laughs> no burn it make it too hot <laughs> I, I need have to, to burn my I mouth have to feel pain <laughs> yeah i don't know i i i mean i think it was pure it was purely like feeling out of control yeah and like but for no particular thing that's so interesting yeah or like i mean it, you know it was like i In was general. scared of this like blizzard yeah and so maybe my mind just went like because it's a, you know had like you seen Dor uh, wizard of oz at the time uh i'm sure Before i had i'm sure i had mm, but interesting. and i was terrified of tornadoes so i yeah. would make a lot of deals during tornado season of like if, <laughs> as long as our house doesn't get ripped up by a tornado i swear i promise i will not i will i will not have fun in summer vacation oh like you know it's just God. like weird stuff like that are there a lot of tornadoes in minnesota oh yeah there was one in the whole time i remember growing up in the bay area and it took the roof off a of church Whoa. which i mean is an act of god i guess yeah <laughs> yeah uh no yeah tornadoes yeah. are terrible i had one that went over we had we used to have a cabin like i my parents inherited a cabin um from my grandparents and then we had to sell it to for money um but uh, it was a uh, it was i remember we went up and the sky became just like pea green and then Whoa. we heard what sounded like a train. My mom was like, get to the basement. And like, we, I was like in the basement. And I remember she was like freaking out. And apparently the tornado had like hopped over us. Oh, but like you cool. could hear it like that. It was like a wow. train. It was crazy. That's crazy. So I really don't like tornadoes. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm wondering because with kids, like you watch a movie like Wizard of Oz and it's so exaggerated that you could think. 
Because in in uh, the movie, I think Dorothy is rude or maybe doesn't do That's a true. or something. And, and then the tornado happens. And so there's sort of a feeling of like, well, if I just can go home, I'll be good, I promise. Yeah. And I'll appreciate my, my, my family. family. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if that had anything to do with it. I but. mean, I bet. I, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, there's definitely got to be like some societal like – I want to write Influence. a movie that just is like feel, makes kids feel good. Nothing happens, <laughs> everything's fine, or yeah. like bad things happen, but then the kid is just in a bubble and it's okay. I don't know. I yeah. just want to write like the opposite, the anti-scary, because all these kids' movies are so terrifying. I know <laughs> they're so moralistic. I think it's good for kids to learn morals, but sometimes they, if you watch the wrong one at the wrong time, it can it affect you. with you in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm sure. Yeah, I feel and I feel like so many like especially that era. Mm-hmm. The film was like a lot of like, be a good child and nothing bad will happen to you. And so oh, it's yeah. like, you have to be like, I'm a good child. But like, you took it one step further because it doesn't sound like you were being bad. It just sounded like when good things happened to you, you felt bad. Yeah. Like it was like good, like you worked hard and studied to get good in school. So most people would say that means you were being good. Yeah. But you internalize it as good things happen to you equals bad things to the world. Yeah. It was because of <laughs> I had learned about the butterfly effect. And yeah. it was the idea of like this flapping butterfly. I was like, oh, if it's happy, if it's Where doing well. Where did you well. learn the butterfly effect in first grade? Uh, I don't remember. I think my brother. Okay. Not, not, not like he was like, guess what? The butterfly oh, effect. I you know. got something juicy to I, tell you. I think he was just like this little smart kid. And he was just like, have you ever heard of the butterfly effect? And okay. I was like, no. And then he like was like, it's like when this happens. And I was uh, like, it is. <laughs> no. And I think he just was like, yep. And he like, I, or some, it was either from him or like maybe one of his friends. I don't remember exactly, but I learned about the butterfly effect. And then I did like this A to C. Oh, jump yeah. of being like the butterfly effect okay well that that's the butterfly then i'm the butterfly and then if i'm the butterfly like what is my flapping and my flapping is doing well so if my if i'm not flapping <laughs> then i'm falling and which means i'm doing poorly and then that means i don't hurt the world okay great does anybody did you ever try to get anybody else on board like oh tell him like was it in your mind was it just you that exists in the center of it or was it like a friend of yours if something good happened also would equal another bad thing no i think it was just me just you. it was just me well because wow. like and that's where like People were like, I had told one person they're like super narcissistic of you. That's super narcissistic. <laughs> and like the thing is, I would like, I guess it, it is like, yeah, I was like this. But I was the center really of my narcissistic. own world. Narcissism is when uh, I've met a lot of narcissists. They <laughs> can't stand anybody feeling any negative things about them. So it, the narcissistic version of that would be uh, they're not trying to hurt anyone, and everyone's just falling over hurt, and and it's not their fault, and uh, oh. because they can't be wrong, and they're the best. Oh. Um, but in the narcissist version, they are causing a lot of pain. They're like holding the knife in your back, and they're like, um, I didn't do this. Yeah. You stepped into my knife. Yeah, you and, did this. Uh, I'm a charming person. Yeah. So, so in, in my you're kid, not a narcissist. Thank you. Well, I mean, as a kid, I feel like, of course, you are the center of your own world. Yeah, you have to kind of think that. Imagine just being born and just feeling insignificant. Yeah. You wouldn't want to learn how to walk. You'd be like, I <laughs> What's don't, the why point? do I need to learn to walk? <laughs> yeah, you'd just be like, there's nothing that I can do to change the world I live in. Which isn't totally true. I mean, there was a lot, but I think it's like a, you know a collective change I think as you get older you realize like oh there's strategies there's ways to work as a community to make change and yeah. it's not it, it's, it doesn't usually come down to one person equals like stopping a tornado but you know you can start it you can yeah. start the movement yeah exactly so yeah maybe I don't know yeah well so how are you now as an adult like uh, obviously this uh belief has changed so yes. how do you did you have to do something to cope with it um do you ever find yourself going back and having to like stop no, like I can't think this way or um I mean, I think uh, you know, I definitely don't believe it anymore cuz having said it out loud 
to mm-hmm. my therapist and like now on this podcast, it, you know, uh-huh. it helps to hear it and be like, oh yeah, that, that's not, that's not realistic. That is like a weird logic, but like not realistic. And um, it sounds painful. Like it sounds like it's <clears throat> hard to yeah, it's, feel it, that way all the time. Yeah. A hundred, but like I, at, at this point, like I, you know, there's again, I think the residuals of that is just like, I have trouble feeling very happy when good things happen and because like there's still this like flicker of fear that like oh god um but i kn- i know that it's not logical um mm-hmm. so at least i'm not like acting on it and i am like i work really hard at like being happy for like little things like feeling grateful for little things and like um you know trying to and then like it did make it this like even keeled vibe was when something bad happens, I'm like, well, something good is going to happen, so it's all good. Like, it's just the time. It's just energy flow. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, I – it's – it was, like, a very long part of my life that I, like, made my own religion. Wow. Do you – how do you react to bad news now when bad things in the world happen? Oh, um, there's still that flicker. I'm like – but, like <laughs> – but here's the thing. Like, <clears throat> one thing that uh, kind of, like – after a while, so many bad things have happened, I guess, as I'm more, more aware of them, that I'm like, not that much good stuff has happened to me, so it can't be my fault. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't do that. I'm not, I'm not that successful. So, like, I shouldn't, like, blame myself. Like, I should just, like, exist and be okay with that. Yeah. I think you should allow yourself to be happy. And I think you should be happy for good things, little things, but also big things. Yeah. I think, I think allow yourself to be happy. Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the takeaway, I guess, I got from it but yeah uh obviously like if you believe something long enough you're always going to have that instinctual feel yeah but like a hundred percent i don't maybe you can make up a new belief that counters it yeah something like what if it's the complete opposite like when good thing when you work hard and good things happen to you 10 people will have good things happen to them i think that's such a better belief i think i will totally take that because that's nice because i'm like oh good like i'll help somebody and that's like a thing also is like you can't actually act and do good things that help other people so like that's the thing where it's like oh I don't have to like be afraid of something that I have no control over I like can volunteer or like if I'm doing well like make sure to help people uh to like rise up you know like yeah but even well that's already going the extra step of volunteer I'm just saying on a very basic level oh like just believe that it's gonna happen well yeah I mean like also I think it's good to volunteer but I don't you're still adding on extra tasks for you I just need more work in the very first level of like let's say you sell a show that's a good thing happening don't even go straight from selling a show to I must volunteer now just like (laughs) be happy because you work for it and you did a good job and like it you deserve it and then also beyond that I think you can also believe that this good thing happened now good things will happen to 10 more people I like that that. you can kind of believe that yeah I'll give that to you that's a a new Carmen 2.0 religion yeah we'll call it Teresaism Teresa no it's (laughs) Carmenism it's all about you and it's about but then it's great because you can you can affect good in the world yeah I like that that's nice And I kind of on a basic level do believe that when you put good energy in, other people feel it. Like if you're doing – if things are happening to you and they're good, I think people will feel that positive energy. So that's good. And then maybe be inspired. Nice. Nice. Real nice. Teresa, you're so great. Oh, thank you. You're (laughs) you're so great. Well, I'm I'm glad that you don't feel that way now. And and you seem like a very – positive person that more good things are going to happen to you so I'd hate to have you feel bad about those good things oh well thank you I mean there's a weird relief in being like I'm not that significant (laughs) you are significant to me thank you you too guys everybody's great yes um okay well I have a game I want to play with you oh I love okay I'm ready 
Um, this because I didn't know what your story was. So this game, I kind of get. Uh, this game is about confessions. It's not really anything to do with your story, but it's called Guess the Rom Com Confession. <gasps> oh, I love so this. I know you like rom coms, and I love <laughs> rom coms, and rom coms always have a confessional moment. Yeah. In uh, in Chinese, actually, there's a phrase called "gao bai," which kind of translates to basically like confessing your feelings for someone um Ooh. but it's like a thing that happens a lot in soap operas or people will say like you know like oh so and so got by and it, it's like that moment when they tell you like how they feel yeah and, and i love that phrase that's such a good phrase it really is i actually think i would take like 50 got bys to one marriage proposal because that first it's like the beginning of a relationship yeah. that uncertainty you know when you're getting proposed to uh i hope you know by that point that they like you it's yeah, really it shouldn't just, be a surprise it really shouldn't be a surprise <laughs> it shouldn't be the first time they've told you they care about you yeah so i i just think go by moment is really exciting and fun and it's like why i like watching rom-coms mm-hmm. so today's game is a tribute to the goodbye moment. moment i love it so I here's the it. rules i'm gonna play a clip of a, it's an audio clip of a confession from a classic movie and you have to guess what movie it's from so if you get it right you get two points you can also ask for a hint and i'll give you a hint and if you get it right after the hint you'll get the point you'll probably get it after the hint the hints are pretty easy um but i think these are all movies you should know so oh. let's see uh let's see if you can guess them all right i've been doing a lot of thinking thing is, I love you. What? I love you. How do you expect me to respond to this? How about you love me too? How about I'm leaving? You know it by your face. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, can I say yeah. it? Yeah. When Harry met Sally. Yes, Oh, correct. one of the best. One of the best. You're going to do so well in this game. I'm so excited. Okay. I love this. Maybe you'll get a perfect score. You'll be the first perfect score. This is like on Trivia Night when they like name a thing <laughs> that you're like, I've got this. I've got this. I know everything. <laughs> okay. That's two points. Okay, here's the second one. Okay. You're not scared of anything. I don't know. Me? I'm scared of everything. I'm scared of what I saw. I'm scared of what I did, of who I am. And... Most of all, I'm scared of walking out of this room and never feeling the rest of my whole life. Okay. You know it? I do know it. <laughs> what is it? Dirty Dancing. Yes, correct. Yes. yes. Four points. Oh, do you want to hear the hint anyways, though? Yeah, I'll hear the hint. Because you put work into this. I want to hear it. They say love makes you crazy, but did you know it can also make you want to swayzy? Oh, that was <laughs> such a good hint. Oh, and it has a pun in it. This is everything I want in a game. Like, if there was a way for me to buy a box set of this game, I would only play this on Saturday nights. <laughs> I'll have to make it harder uh, next time, but this is I fun. love this. Are you kidding? I'm in love with this. I like watching your face as you recognize it. Okay, here's the fourth, fourth one. Michael. I love you. I've loved you for nine years. I've just been too arrogant and scared to realize it. And, well, now I'm just scared. So I, I, I realize this comes at a very inopportune time. <laughs> I really have this gigantic favor to ask of you. Choose me. You know it. <laughs> of course I know it. It's like truly one of the like uh, worst yeah. couplings ever. But like at the end, it makes sense, you know. Um, can I say it? Yes. All right. Um, my best friend's wedding. Um, yes, yeah, my correct. best friend's wedding. Wait, seven points. Um, by the way, sidebar, that movie I, I watched like recently and it's I think it's so perfect structurally. And so if anybody wants to write movies out there, even if you don't want to write rom-coms, 
it's got such good structure and and also in the way that the protagonist drives all the action and everything oh, she yeah. does causes the pro- conflicts and that she doesn't get what she wants but it, there's a resolution so everyone should watch that movie yeah. it is it's a classic it really is um okay two more oh man this is great okay no you wrote the letter The only way you can eat my crazy, crazy was by doing something crazy yourself. Thank you. I love you. I knew it the minute I met you. I'm sorry it took so long for me to catch up. I just got stuck. Pat. Do you know it? No, if I do, can I have the hint? Yeah, okay. Mental health is real until you run into third act problems, in which case love and dancing can cure depression. Oh, oh God. I, I'm for, oh wait, I know that. Uh, silver lining playback. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> dancing can cure. Oh my God. Oh, I just always want to hear your uh, hints. They're so good. I do like that movie, but I hate the ending because oh, it yeah. totally ignores the fact that they b- both have serious mental issues. Yeah, it's it's te- <laughs> oh, I mean that's a hundred percent true with that movie. Oh my god! So you have eight points. Okay, this last one, I'm certain you're gonna get. But uh, all right, I'm so in for this. Or you might not get it at all. We'll okay. see. Last one, I didn't think I was. I was like, I I can't. <laughs> It's just the audio from the scene, so whatever you hear is what's happening. Oh my god, this one. <laughs> do you know what it is? <laughs> I do. I was like, if anyone's going to guess I it, it's going to be Carmen. I 100% do. What is it? Love Actually. Yep. <laughs> Can I get and your hand? The hint is, actually, please don't do this. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's the scene where uh, he the creepiest, yeah, creepy. But I, I was like, I think Carmen will get this one, so I'll throw it in there. At first, I was like, okay, well, it's Christmas, and I was like, waiting for like words, waiting for words, and you're like, it's just the audio from the scene, and I was like, wait, no, <laughs> yes, it's that, amazing. You scored uh, t- ten points. Oh, well, doesn't matter. You got them all right. Oh you my god! Are a winner! <gasps> I win. That was so fun. This is the most fun. <laughs> I had the best time. Yay. I'm not kidding. I want the box set of this. this oh is my god! Great. Well, maybe I'll write more of these. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anywhere people can find you or anything you want to promote and let our listeners know about? <clears throat> oh man. Um, I you can find me on Twitter at Carmesan Cheeses. Uh, if you want to see my work, how um, do you spell that? Carmesan, like uh, C A R M. E, oh wait, C A R M E S A N, Carmesan, like Parmesan, cheese, nice. and then cheeses uh, at the end. So Carmesan cheeses, uh, and then my website is where you can find my work. Uh, it's like you, it's like pretty curated and up to date. Um, and that's www.carmenangelica.com. Uh, and then yeah, otherwise I'm, I'm just like putting up videos and stuff yeah yeah. check her out uh go get a computer if you don't have one go to best buy buy a computer yeah you'll love it get call time (laughs) warner up get an internet and then uh (laughs) and then go to carmen's website and watch her videos oh thanks so much thank you for having me yeah
Bye. Thank you for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. You Can Tell Me Anything is a comedic podcast created and produced by Teresa Lee on the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. The Hoo Ha Ha team is Ashley McAtee, Audrey Povar, Maggie Wheat Austin, Cardi Assad, and Stephanie Binot. The theme song for this podcast was created by Cody Johnston. The outro music was written by Shipwreck Sailor. And the Hoo Ha Ha app can be found in the Apple Store to stream your favorite comedy series and laugh out loud podcasts by the funniest woman in comedy. To contact this podcast specifically, you can email tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at tellmeanythingpod. Thank you.